Well, good morning. I want to read to you uh, the words of Jesus from uh, Luke chapter 12, starting at verse 41. Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? And the Lord said, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom the master will find do, so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set over him over all his possessions. But if that master says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master will come on a day when he does not expect and at an hour he does not know and he will cut him to pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And the servant who knew his master's will but did not get ready to act according to his will will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much was given of much of him will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand more. This is the word of God. Well, again, good morning. And if you're a guest this morning, my, my name is Ken, and I'm so glad that you're with us. Crosswinds, it's great to be with you again. Um, those of you online, we have a lot of people online. We have quite a few out with COVID this week and a uh, few working down at the, the Plainfield Fest. Um, you know, today, I, I want to thank you guys, all of you that were serving down there. You did a great job. Um, over $1,700 has been raised for missions so far from all of you wonderful servants at Crosswind. So thank you for, for your efforts. Uh, in today's text, Peter asks um, if the parable that Jesus just told is for him or for the other disciples or, or, or for everybody. And Jesus doesn't answer him. Instead, he tells another parable. And, and I believe many of us, when we hear a sermon or we read the scriptures, can easily see how something can apply to somebody else, right? But, but maybe we should ask Peter's question. Does this apply to me? Jesus is talking to a, a huge crowd of people and his followers. But you know, there's only one perfect man among all of them, and his name is Jesus. And so, of course, he is talking to them, and he's talking to you today. Peter's question actually shows his pride and his desire to somewhat be entitled. Maybe he could stand above the rest and maybe get more than the rest or the masses. You know, in the previous parable, Jesus had been communicating that his servants are those that are expecting him to come, that they're ready, that they're joyful at his return. You know, and at his return, he, he, he hopes to find his servants working joyfully at his business of being merciful to others through his gospel. And, and he tells them they will be blessed or happy if they are. Well, to anybody like Peter, who is thinking, is this word to us? Don't you want to be happy? Don't you want Jesus, your master, to come and serve you with many blessings forever? Then this teaching applies to us all. I believe what Peter's problem was, and many of us share, 
is actually being a servant. Peter is hung up, like many of us, on our own lives and our own status. But the word Jesus used for servant in the Greek is the word doulos or, or bond slave. That's someone who has chosen to sell themselves into service to make a better life for themselves. Often it was to pay off debts or, or to have room and board or other life-sustaining provisions. Now, people who choose to serve like this didn't have any wealth of their own to survive. So they needed to become accountable to their master. And I think in a subtle way, Peter is objecting to his own accountability in Jesus' words. Instead, he's wanting to hold others accountable. But he has forgotten who the most important one to be accountable to Jesus' words is, himself. And I think that's true of each of us sometimes. If God created us, he, he determines life and death and eternity, and, and we are all accountable to him. Now, we don't like to think that we're accountable, especially in this country. We, we, we like to be the special ones, the, the one that God loves and he just wants to bless. But are we really wanting to be a blessing to our master and those he loves? Do we see each day that we are accountable to serve him? I, I, I think most of us want others to be accountable to us, don't we? We want our bosses to pay us on time. We get upset if they don't. We, we want our children to obey us. We, we want our spouses to do what they say they're going to do. We like all salespeople to be accountable to keep their promises of quality and timely delivery and, and, and good service. We want our doctors to be accountable to give us the best treatment. And we want our politicians to be accountable to accomplish what they promised us to get elected. And we all want our coworkers to do their job well so it doesn't cause us extra work. We want them to be accountable. And, and we like it when our friends return our calls and they keep their commitments to us. We like that kind of accountability. And so if we like others to be accountable to us, let me ask you, do you like to be held accountable? Are you accountable to anybody? Most importantly, are, are, are you accountable to God? Our message today is titled, Accountable. And I, I chose a graphic of a lady in a tinfoil hat because I think a lot of people like to hide from God the fact, you know, they're hiding from God under that tinfoil hat to hide from their accountability to him. The tinfoil hat is like Peter's question, a way to divert or hide God's attention on us. And, you know, the woman in this picture, she looks anxious, doesn't she? And we're in a series called Anxiety Solved, and I, I believe the solution to our anxiety is becoming actually accountable to God. That, that's what solves our anxiety. Jesus summed up his teaching on anxiety with, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added to you. See, our father is a good master and he takes care of his servants. They are well fed. They are protected. They are happy. Servants that are not accountable to their master are the ones that have a lot of fear. 
because they're not honoring the relationship of servant and good, good master. So today I want you to open your Bible to chapter uh, 12 of Luke. Uh, I'm, we're going to be looking closely at verses 41 through 48 in our master's word. And I hope it'll bring you joy and I hope it'll bring you peace to become accountable to it. Jesus starts his parable with a question. Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Now, in that question, Jesus is making a promise. Accountable servants are promised to be rewarded. They are given authority to rule. 2 Timothy 2.12 says, If we endure we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. Now, what does Jesus reign over? Everything. Everything. The scripture tells us all authority over heaven and earth. Now, I I believe Peter's question shows he wants to be seen as a leader in God's kingdom. Now, to be a leader, Jesus is saying, we must be accountable. Bob Dylan had a song, and the lyrics were, you're going to serve somebody. It may be the devil, and it may be the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody. You know, Jesus is telling us he wants to bless his servants with freedom, with authority, and joy to serve him. Your sin, your own selfishness, and the devil are, are trying to enslave you by their temptations, or the temptation to be your own master and not be accountable. Jesus promises his servants will become masters and all their needs will be provided for. Jesus has a portion for each one of his servants that is good at the proper time. It it is the recurring principle in this series that our wants and our desires is actually what makes us anxious anxiety is solved when we instead accept the portion and the timing of it from our master instead the bible says my flesh and my heart may fail but god is the strength of my heart and my portion forever we just need to ask ourselves what portion are we seeking in life a temporal one, which will create anxiety, or an eternal one given by God where we'll be completely satisfied. At the proper time, the servants of Jesus will be satisfied forever. But we first must hunger and thirst for righteousness to please our master. See, the wise and faithful servants are those who receive their reward at the proper time. They are accountable to their master, investing their lives for delayed gratification or or real food rather than the junk food that the world offers us. You know, friends, junk food always leaves us anxious, wanting more. According to Jesus, what is necessary to be his servant? Faithfulness and wisdom. These are character qualities of his true servants. Notice these are character qualities. They're they're not talents. They're not abilities. Beloved, each one of us can be faithful, and all of us can be wise. Both are attitudes 
that we choose to adopt from our master's example. And if we maintain these attitudes, they will bless us eternally. A, a, a faithful or a trustworthy servant is, is one that has integrity. They are honest. They, they do what they say they're going to do to the best of their ability. They show up. They're prepared to serve. They make serving their master the priority. They're honest about their limitations and, and the problems they face. And, and they, they choose to work hard with persistence to, to get the job done. Now, now, let me ask you a question. What's more important to the success of your family? Talented children, smart children, or trustworthy children? What's, what long-term is more important to have in an employee that works for you? Faithfulness or ability? What's more important in a spouse to have a successful, happy marriage? Good looks and talent or faithfulness? You know, faithfulness will grow and develop abilities and talents. But with unfaithfulness, you're, you're headed for brokenness, no matter how much talent or abilities you possess. See, wisdom, now it comes from God. It's a gift. The Bible says in Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. A, a, a wise servant is one that understands that they have a master. And they choose to humbly serve the master who is good and will provide for them everything that they need. Jesus is the author of life. He, he designed everything. So we all need, what we need to do is have the, to have wisdom is to humbly ask him for it and he will provide it. But the scriptures say, how much better to get wisdom than gold? To get understanding than to be chosen to be to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. A true servant of Jesus understands there is more value in the eternal things of God than the temporal things of this world. Now, now Peter and some could deduce Jesus is only talking to the leaders. Those that, that have authority over others. The word manager here is steward in the Greek. A, a steward is one who cares for the resources of the master. That's what a bond slave would do. They would care for the resources of a master. Bond, bond servants became slaves because they had no resources. But faithful and wise ones were entrusted with resources by their master. A, a faithful and wise disciple of, uh, of Christ understands everything they have belongs to their master. So they use whatever resources they are given to bless their master. They, they do this knowing the master will ultimately bless them. Blessed is that servant who finds his master, uh, blessed is the servant who his master will find doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. Blessed or happy is a servant 
that stewards the, the resources he is given by God. Anxious is the one who does not. When the master comes, that servant will know they will be joyful at his return. They, they will be confident. The, the servant will be expecting to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The accountable servant that manages the resources given to him by God is rewarded and joyful. Jesus says truly here, doesn't he? And he is God. He, he does not lie. How many of the master's possession will we have authority over? All? That's, what does the master own again? Everything, nothing will be held back from this servant. He, he will see no lack when the master returns. The riches of the universe will be available to those who steward wisely. The earthly riches, they are given. But there's a big but here that also does not lie, although it may be denied. But if the servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect and an hour he does not know. And he will cut him to pieces and put him with the unfaithful. Notice it starts out with, if that servant says to himself, see, that's the problem. That means he's not listening to God. He's, he's listening to himself. He's, he's listening to his own justifications for things. He's listening to his own opinions for things. He's listening to his own ideas, and he's being his own master. See, talking like this from your own wisdom is, is never a good thing. Do you guys remember the, the rich man from earlier in Luke 12 who was talking to himself about his plans and, and not to God? He's talking to himself, anxiously hoarding up all of his earthly treasures for himself. He believed after he got done working his plan, he was going to sit back and eat, drink, and be merry. And after he worked, after all, I mean, he, he worked for it all. He, he deserved a break today. He deserved a, a, a little sinful indulgence. That's what he was saying to himself. But he was just talking to himself. He was not accountable to anybody. Or, or at least he thought so. And God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? And then Jesus applied that parable to us all, and he said, so is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. Jesus saying, everyone is accountable to the master to steward the resources we are given in life according to his purposes for them. And, and he promised joy to the servants that do that. Unfortunately, today, many who say they are Christians think good stewardship is, is, is just to preserve wealth for yourself. They seek to be wise with their money and their resources so they will have enough for a rainy day. 
But if Jesus comes again or, or, or comes for them, maybe they'll never see the rain. So the, the resources that they've been given by God have been wasted. Is that good stewardship? If the resources become wasted? No. Jesus says he will come on a day we don't expect, like today. He could come right now. Yesterday, you, you could have used your resources of time to help someone, to maybe have a gospel conversation or, or, or to serve his church or his mission in the world. You know, orphans in Africa and Haiti need to eat today, <laughs> not some point in the future. Some of Jesus' faithful servants came and did a great job managing the parking lot that some Plainfield business owners gave us so that we could um, raise funds for those starving kids in, in different places of the world. Now, some chose to do more important things with their time yesterday. Would Jesus be pleased in what you chose to do if he came back? It's not saying you should have been there, but, but would he have been pleased with what you chose to do that you didn't choose that opportunity? Did you choose another opportunity? Right. What about today? Are, are you going to serve somebody today? What, what about every day? Are you going to serve somebody? He could come back any day. I, I found this interesting. We charged a meager $5 for people to have very close parking to the festival. And we had a banner said, 100% of these fees will be given to help the poor in Haiti and Africa and the people in our community that are struggling. You know, many people drove around for 10 minutes trying to find free street parking. And many others walked a, a half mile or so from the free parking at the high school, or to find the free parking at the high school. And, and, and some that came to us from, that wanted to go to the fancy restaurant across the street and they drove in with big cars, they wanted to be comped because that's usually the parking lot for that restaurant. Friends, was that good stewardship? $5 would not even buy half a drink in that fasty restaurant. $5 won't buy you a beer at the festival. Did, did, did making your well-fed three-year-old walk a half mile to save $5 so you could buy him a, a $10 corn dog? Is that good stewardship? Instead of feeding some starving children? If Jesus came today, would they be joyful about that choice? Now, many others in the park, thankfully, were happy to support hungry people. And, and we were able to raise $1,700 that will really bless people. Uh, what about us who, who call ourselves disciples or his servants? Have we stewarded our time ever to do something like help park cars or help at a food packing event like we're having on October 15th for a new life for Haiti and we're going to pack 10,000 meals together? Uh, do you ever steward your time for those kind of things? Or like when we had the clothing, do you ever, do you ever show up? Do you, or are you too busy going to birthday parties and soccer games and other weekend activities to serve him when there's an opportunity? If Jesus came... Could you look him in the eye 
and say to him that you are a good steward of the resource of time that you've been given? And if you did, would that just be you talking to yourself? Because he might be saying, I never knew you. You're not my servant. You were always too busy for me. Beloved, are you being rich towards God with the resources that he has given you? And you're saying, oh, but pastor, you don't understand. I'm, I'm just taking care of the needs of my family. Well, Jesus says, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. But you say you don't have the time and, and, and you don't have the money to help others. If you're saying that, you're a poor steward of what he is giving you and possibly a selfish one. If you have no resources of time and money to help out other children of God, you're a poor steward. You know, each of us have the same amount of time each day, 24 hours. You know, we may have different incomes, but God is not looking at how much you give. He is looking at, at how much you give compared to what you have been given by him. He is seeing if you are a good steward of the resources you have been given. At Crosswinds, we teach what God's word says, that our giving is to be regular because you don't know if you will have it tomorrow, right? That's why it should be regular. Oh, someday I'll give. Well, you may not be around someday. You need to be proportional to what you've been given. And that will bless your master's heart. He sees your love for him. And sacrificial, friends, real love is sacrificial. Jesus showed us that. And and it's sacrificial love that brings us joy. He told us it's, it's better to give than to receive. He said this in the Bible, each one of you should give what you have decided to in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Jesus is looking for his disciples or his servants to be good stewards of the resources they are given by God. He wants them to use them to bless others, to be merciful like he is merciful. It's loving your neighbor as yourself, which is loving God. God's word says this in 1 John 4, 22 through 23. If anyone says, I love God, they can put their hands up. I love God. Do praise songs. I love God. And hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love a God who he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Jesus is coming back or he's coming to you at your death. What is he going to see from the fruit of your life? Hopefully Jesus will not find you drunk, but filled with the Spirit. Although he might find us all eating well, we're all pretty well fed here in this country. You could miss a meal and pay $5 for parking. I know I can. I didn't park. I paid $5. Wanted to test the system. I could have refunded myself, but I didn't. I can afford not having a burger later, right? Oh, 
Will he find you abusing other servants? Oh, no, not you, not, not me. But, but if you have the resources to help someone and you don't use them for what they're intended for, isn't that abusive? What if the master gave you those resources to care for other servants that he loved and you spent them all on yourself? Would you be a faithful and wise manager if he came back today? You, you know, Jesus said, we, we don't know the day or the hour. Would, would he be pleased with your treatment of others today? What if you let all the other servants in the church do all the giving here and, 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 and did all the work when, when it came around and, and it did not contribute your resources, the resources he gave you to help the community? Isn't that stealing? Isn't that abusive? What if you had a contractor at your home do some work for you or you paid them in advance and they didn't do the work? Would that be stealing? If, if you do not do your job as a servant of Jesus to steward his wealth for the benefit of others, are, are, are you stealing from God? Isn't that what he says in Malachi 3.8? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In, in your tithes and in your contributions. See, Jesus is coming at an hour you don't expect Will he see you as a pretend servant? And, and he's smart enough to know that, and he'll cut you to pieces, and, and he'll put you in the goat category instead of the sheep category because you proved to be unfaithful. Some of you think, oh, Pastor Ken, that, that seems a little too extreme. I serve a God of grace and love. It's not about my works. And yes, I agree with you. That's who we serve, a God of grace and love. Salvation is a gift of God's grace. The Bible says this. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and it's not of your own doing. It's a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. But friends, have you ever read the verse that comes right after that? For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, Ephesians 2.10. Our, our works are, are part of our sanctification to become more like our masters. And, and we are a new creation in Christ. We are created for good works. And we are accountable to Jesus to walk through life daily doing them. Jesus said, but some will, or James, his brother said, but some will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. Hey, you do well. Even the demons believe that, and they shudder. They're going to be cut to pieces. Our works are what really prove that we really have faith in Jesus. Today, if Jesus came home, would he know you as one of his are, are you going to be joyful when he comes, if he came right now? Are you going to be joyful or scared? That all depends on how you've been stewarding the resources the master has given you. Verse 47 says, That servant who knew his master's will but did not get ready or act according to his will receive a severe beating. Well, some may give the excuse that they just don't know what God 
expects, which, which is blame shifting the problem on him. Are you, are you really saying that God has not communicated with you? He's not made an effort to communicate with you. He wrote a whole book that explains, 66 of them actually, that explains how you were to steward your life by his design. Are you reading it daily? God, God gave you an example of how to do it even. He, he sent his own son who, who gave away all of his resources, including his life, to do God's will and to help others. Friends, if you've been in this church for a few weeks, you have definitely heard me preach the gospel of Jesus. I have trained many of you personally with hours of training. Is it really true that you don't know his will? Or is that just a justification for your rebellion against him? If it's just a justification, his word says servants not doing his will will get beat down. Pastor Ken, you're beating us up today. No, friends, I love you. I'm trying to help you avoid a severe beating. That's my job. For when he comes. That's why I sacrifice hours of my life each week to study and, and to teach you. These words about a beating are not my words. They are my master's words. And I am accountable to him for you. You can keep ignoring my words. That is your right. But it is his right as your master to severely beat a servant who will not obey him. Because you're accountable to your creator. And so am I. And I'm accountable to tell you that. Verse 48 says, But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Now, maybe you're a new servant of Jesus, or you're just checking him out. Someone who does not realize yet that they're accountable to God because they have not yet been discipled. Our God is merciful and slow to anger, and he's abounding in love. A, a, a beating is, friends, not to kill or damage a servant. A beating is to train or discipline a servant. For God's word says in Hebrews 12, 6, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastises every son whom he receives. God had to give me a lot of beatings because I didn't have a father that disciplined me. But God loved me enough to, to give me a few light beatings, maybe a few hard beatings to, to make me more like his son. See, those who don't understand God's will and are his servants will be disciplined because God loves you and he doesn't want any of you to perish in your rebellion against him. A, a true servant who is faithful and wise will learn through discipline, through the discipline that a loving God gives them in their light beatings. Today, if you, you got a light beating, it's for me, it's because he loves you. Be honest. How many of you know that God expects things from you as his servant? Things like following him by reading his word. How many of you know that you are to give back a portion of your income that he lets you earn regularly? How many of you know 
that you are to love others as yourself and serve them. How many of you know that you are supposed to be having gospel conversations with people to help them become disciples? How many of you know that you are to serve him with your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him? Friends, pain in our lives is often God's megaphone trying to speak to us. If you are experiencing the pain of anxiety, the pain of broken relationships, the pain of financial problems, the pain of your own children's rebellion, it's, it, it's possible God is giving you a light beating that you, his servant, might turn and repent and do his will. See, at Crosswinds, we... We teach that God has a design, a perfect design for your life. And, and we all as servants, me included, sinfully depart from that design all the time. And when we do, we experience brokenness. But that brokenness is not necessarily a bad thing. It can be a good thing if we hear God's megaphone of that pain and we turn to God and find grace and healing in our Savior, Jesus Christ. But many of us don't listen to the discipline and we instead medicate our brokenness by eating, drinking, and getting merry. And the problem is, friends, that will just lead to more brokenness. And we'll end up receiving a more severe beating from life and become even more broken. But instead, if we will listen and be honest about where we're at and, and turn to our our, our, our friend Jesus, our master who loved us and, and gave his life for us, he will help us recover and pursue God's design again of peace and joy for our lives. See, Jesus proved his goodness to us and his power to do that by rising from the grave three days later. But if we will not listen to his discipline like the rich man, our souls will be demanded from us and we will experience a total loss in hell, cut to pieces, placed with the unfaithful. Now, this parable of Jesus ends where Spider-Man begins. With great power comes great responsibility. He said it a different way. He said, everyone to whom much was given of much of him will be required and from much and from him to whom they entrusted much they will demand more are you sitting there thinking and feeling sorry for yourself saying i've not been given very much i don't have much time i i don't make much money i don't have many skills to offer Friends, that's anxious thinking deceiving you. God is not asking you to give more than you've been given. He's asking you to steward what you've been given. This, this verse says, to everyone who much was given. How, how, how did you get here today? How many people came in a car? Yeah. You know, 7.6 billion people on this planet don't have a car. I'm sorry, of the seven, I'm sorry, that's wrong. Of the 7.6 billion people on the planet, 6.3 billion do not have a car. 
Who took a shower today? Had a glass of fresh water at home? Two billion people in this world lack access to safely managed drinking water in their home. In Haiti and Africa, we see people carrying a jug from a creek that's not clean to wash and to drink. In the USA, if you make less than $31,666 per year, you would be considered poor by the government standards. But really, you're considered a middle-income earner. Not, not, not the low, but the middle-income earner right before the top-income earners compared to the most of the rest of the world if, if your household salary is only $31,666 per year. You know, there are members, uh, Jason and Annika and, and uh, Jasmine, going to Burundi, Africa in a couple weeks, and, and uh, Rina and, and Andre. You know, the average salary in Burundi is $3,363 a year. Are you, are you relatively healthy? Y'all walked in here. You have good access to medical care if you needed it. Over 400 million people in our world lack access to adequate care. One, one billion of them don't even have access to a mobile phone. You know, in this country, we've all been entrusted with much by God. Most of you have been given the ability to, to drive a sick friend to the doctor, like I, I, I drove my sick friend, Louis, the other day. Most of you could afford a, a, a $5 for a parking fee to help provide a family in Burundi with five loaves of bread, maybe eat for weeks. What did you spend on your last cup of coffee? You have the resources You have the resources to do something as simple as take a glass of water to a workman that's working on your street on a hot day and give him cold, safe water to refresh him. You have those resources. Most of you are healthy enough to stand more than five minutes. Unlike this old pastor who has to sit on this stool and, and um, every moment he stands feels like there's Knives going into his kneecaps. Many of you have that resource to be able to stand and walk up to somebody and, and, and to talk to him. I, I don't. I have to find somewhere to sit. I'll, I'll go talk to him, but I have to find. W- w- has God given you something that you can walk to neighborhoods and, and you could walk through your neighborhood and you could pray for people and you could greet people and, and be friendly to people? 70, seven, 773 million people in this world are illiterate. Most of you could read to them. You could teach them to read. How many of you own a Bible? Do you know that 252 million people in our world do not have access to a Bible in their own language? Friends, you have more biblical knowledge and translations in the Bible and commentaries than most people who have ever lived in history. And, and, and you can get it free in our app. Free. Find more theological information than the disciples had. Do you use that to follow your master? Do, do you use that to share your master's gospel with others? Friends, have you received the gospel? Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. You have been entrusted with great power, the greatest power in the universe, 
And it comes, friends, like Spider-Man, with a great personal responsibility. Much has been given to you, so much will be required of you. The Son of the living God loved you, and He gave His life to free you from sin. He suffered. He died. He was buried. And on the third day, He rose to life again, and He defeated for you death, sin, and the devil to make you a son or daughter of God that will inherit His kingdom, everything that He has. If you say you believe in Jesus, you have been entrusted with much. The very power of God that delivers men from sin and death. And so friends, you're accountable to that love that he gave you. Much is demanded of you. Because of the grace you received to forgive your sins, Don't you owe that grace to all who offend you? If you've been given the free gift of eternal life by God, who who gave the most important thing to him in the universe, his son's life, can't you sacrifice a little for what he loves other people? Don't you owe your life to do his will? Friends, you're accountable to serve him with all the resources he has given you to steward. And he's good. He lets you keep most of them. Friends, today we repent of our selfish anxiety that keeps us from allowing the very power of God to work through us. See, Jesus promised his servants that they would be blessed and that they would have nothing to fear if if they would just seek his will first. Kind of like a tithe. Give the first 10% of our our, our love and our affection, everything to him, our time. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Friends, we don't need to fear the loss of anything, even our lives, if we serve him. Beloved, now, now is the time to repent. Today, we don't know when he's coming back, of the things that you have put before your master. We need to do that before he comes again, before he comes for you. Today, right now, is the time to turn from our focus on ourselves, which makes us anxious, and turn to him, to our master, who will bring us joy. Let us pray. Why don't you all stand with me? Father, you have been so gracious to us. We were made from dust, and and, and you're willing to allow us to rule the universe with you if we will only simply, humbly serve you and, and treat our brothers and sisters with love and kindness the way you have treated us. Oh, Father, it's not hard. It's very simple. We all know it. Lord, we have to turn from our rebellion. And Father, if there's anybody today here that, 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 that needs to repent, let them do that today. Let them not wait another day. Father, if there's somebody here that does not know you but wants to know you, know, recognize today that they're accountable to you, that they need to be under your authority. Let them turn and come and, and pray and receive your Holy Spirit and, and receive your gift of everlasting life. Let them do that today. 
Oh, Father, maybe they're not here. Maybe they're watching online. And Father, let them just kneel on the ground right now and, and tell you that they're sorry. Sorry for their sin. Sorry for their selfishness. And accept your good forgiveness because you are a good master and you will forgive. And, and let them commit in their hearts to, to start following you today. Lord, that they may show the world who you are through every bit of kindness that they do. Lord, thank you for what you've done for me. I don't deserve your grace, but you have given it to me. Lord, let me, let me never forget to give that to others. Father, let us never forget the grace we have received. With, with great power comes great responsibility. We're accountable to you, Lord. And we love you. And we praise you. Do a mighty work in this room. You have a lot of good servants here. Make us better. Let us recognize our accountability to you. Thank you for what you are doing right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today, you have never accepted Christ to save you, or you just need somebody to pray with you. I'll be over here, and I'd be happy to pray with you and talk with you as we sing.